What is up? What is happening? Welcome to episode 115 of Skates at the Stakes. I'm your host, AJ DeVito, and we have a lot in tap for you today. It is September. Preseason starts in a few weeks. Camp starts in, I think, a week or two. We are excited. Hockey's almost back. It is time. But the weather outside is 90 degrees right now on Long Island. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely disgusting right now. Why? This has been probably the worst weather we had all summer, and we're getting it right when September starts. Nothing makes sense anymore. But, boys, how are you doing today from your uh, warm, humble abodes? I believe that's the right term. Jake, how are you doing today? Good, yeah, it was pretty hot today, but um, we're, uh, it's all starting soon. Like you said, rookie camp is starting on Sunday. Football starts Sunday, obviously, but um, I think it's coming up hockey, and I'm um, happy to... Uh, talk about it in this episode and i'll bring it over to ryan hey everyone welcome back to the pod um you know it never rains on long island as they always say uh, but the islanders are coming back so pennies from heaven are gonna be raining down on us i'm um, excited to be on you know wrestling pilled baby mets pilled this week uh, nothing too much in the islander verse starting to think about hockey for a few minutes every day but not not too too much excited to get going there's you know we have a benedict arnold sighting we have a court to hold tonight you know a lot of a lot of good fun little things in islanders world uh, the rest of the league is starting to move again but i guess everyone's still on summer break till i think rookie camp starts sunday so that'll be fun yeah maybe towards the end of this episode depending how the time's going we could talk about some of the league-wide news i know there's a few rumors floating around like darlene's contract and kane to detroit maybe nothing too out of this world but we can get into that later with the new york islanders though william dufour was spotted at the panini not upper deck not panini the upper deck rookie rookie camp i guess it's called i don't know what they call the event entirely but they have this event every year where they bring the best or in their opinion the best rookies and they have them do a little bit of a scrimmage game they wear jerseys like their team jerseys and william dufour was wearing the number 56 so that was very interesting to see uh that wasn't expected and all the guys on in this game like connor bedard um I didn't even really see who else was there. I think Maverick Bork was there. There were some other really good names that I'm definitely missing. I think Fantilli was there and uh, Leo Carlson probably. But they were all wearing their actual numbers and they weren't wearing any random given numbers. So I know for some, uh, I'll be a little bit of a uh, sports cards nerd here, but for some of these events, they'll give players like the number 88 because that's the biggest number. And they'll use those cards to put in the in the hockey cards, the hockey cards, like the hockey way. Oh, my God. The hockey cards as a patch card and it'll just be an eight so they can get more patches out of it. So uh, AJ's card fact of the day. But no, like Bedard wore 98, Dufour wore 56. So that was kind of surprising. And it was cool to see Dufour there. He was getting some recognition. Rosner was there covering it at the Washington Capitals training facility. I really wasn't surprised. I was a little, I guess, surprised that Dufour was there. I was maybe a little shocked Bull Duke wasn't there. But it's good to see William Dufour getting some love around the league and, you know, being invited to a pretty big prospect thing, you know, alongside Connor Bedard. Any real takes on I know there's not too much to talk about it, but I figured we would mention it here. 
Yeah, Doof's, Doof's looks good. I mean, he looks like he's in good shape. He ripped out the socks and sandals look. Um, you know, he wore slides and socks. thought that was a cool look for him. He looks like he, you know, from the photos, looks like he's in good shape. Um, you know, I put on Twitter, it's a game changer if this kid makes the roster out of camp this year. I think it's, you know, we all give it like a 5 to 10% chance, but why not Doof's? And, uh, you know, if uh, I think it was upper deck hockey or something like that. Um, yeah, NHLPA upper deck rookie showcase was the name of the thing if they have faith in him why shouldn't we but honestly i don't think the 56 is too much to take into i saw that uh julian gautier was assigned the number 77 as well i think these are just like training camp numbers if they make the real roster lou will cut it down you know divide whatever their number is now by two and that'll probably be their final number that would be a pretty funny way to do it i'd love to see julian gautier rock up with what would it be 34.5. Yeah, 33.5. The Yankees are going to start having to do after they retire Jason Dominguez's number, also. Kid Rock. Yeah, tight end number. Um, yeah, they're going to be up there. Jake, any thoughts on Doof uh, making an appearance down in DC? I think it was. Yeah, I love Doof 4. Um, like I just said, kind of surprised that Bull Duke wasn't there. The other Bull Duke was the St. Louis Bull Duke, so. Um, but that's fine. He's getting ready for uh, training camp. Don't think he'll be at rookie camp because, you know, he's not a rookie anymore. But uh, good to see Dufour there in shape. I'm um, excited for his season this year. We've, we've obviously touched on him a lot this uh, this offseason. I kind of think Sam Bolduke might be there. I don't know. Some of the borderline guys do go just to get the work in. I wouldn't hate it if he was there. There was a video of Dufour scoring a goal with a pass from Bedard. So, um, you know, if they both hit and things aren't going well in Chicago, maybe the Billy Doof's uh, recruiting tour began yesterday. So we'll see about that. You know, just thought that was interesting. Bedard to Long Island. You heard it here first, everybody. The I, game wasn't, like, super slow-mo. Yeah, no, it was a... I, you can't even say a glorified beer league game. It was a real just crapper beer league game but hey the you know guys got to skate around they got a light pump in and uh, the the fans got some content you didn't mention now julian gautier is on the islanders website with the number 77 we'll see how how true that is when training camp comes to play i don't know i hope he gets to wear that number that'd be cool if we went back to allowing high numbers i doubt it with lou though Watch Julian Gauthier just rock up on the ice wearing number 77 and having a long beard and tattoos everywhere. Lou would be in shambles. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get into Gota in a little bit with our Judge Jury Executioner segment. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, just looking at who was there, it seems like all the, you know, almost every team in the NHL was represented at this card thing. Gautier is interesting, um, you know, 77. I, I, I really don't like to dig into these numbers too much in the offseason because they wind up not being the final numbers. But if that's his number and that's what they expect, they probably have AHL expectations on the dude. So I, I have no clue with that one. Well, Carson, is Carson Kuhlman even on the roster? I will be looking now. They might have just given it to him just because that's what he wore in Ottawa, too. Like, I, I yeah, have no idea. I guess we'll find out, obviously. But, that's what I was going to say. Who's obviously a low-number guy, so we'll have to see. But there's not a lot of numbers left um, that are low. A lot of them are taken up. Well, I mean, he could get the number one. What did, what did Sasha Cobb wear? Was he, uh, what number was he? Wasn't he 28 or whatever? Or, or he was no, home 
Tornance Romano. Uh, no, he was Holmstrom's number, right? He was 10? He was 41. Sashnikov wore 41 here? Yep, just pulled it up. Uh, now he's gone. <laughs> I will never yeah. forgive you guys for giving me shit about that, man. Listen, man. We're, we're the man of the people. He looked good. Uh, I had to bump his tires a little bit. Good preseason guy. Uh, you know? Sometimes, sometimes it's okay to top out as a preseason guy. He scored yesterday in the KHL. The shot heard around the world, some are saying. His preseason goal against the Devils. So it's crazy. You see the season previews for this year, and everyone's saying, oh, the Islanders are running it back for the same team as last year. But game one last year, we had who in the lineup? Robin Salo, Kiefer Bellows, um, you know, a definite spot for Zach Parise. We don't know what's going on there. Um, We didn't have we didn't have Bo Horvat. What's his face, though? Um, not Sal. Oh, Sashnikov, I think, was like a game two starter for us no last Walsh year. So. Well, yeah, he was in quarterback spot. Yeah. So we've had a lot of roster turnover year to year. Maybe not like the most, but we, we've had a decent amount. It just never feels like it, but if you look back at it, like, you know, two years ago, this team is very different from that team, to be fair. And we kept the good players for the most part this time. You know, no Devontae. Oh, no, Josh Bailey around. as well. You, you yeah, know, no I Bailey. The other day, Josh Bailey was the last Islander who was here for Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so no. Uh, what was Hurricane, Hurricane Sandy though? Two thousand eight. Two thousand twelve. Matt Martin was here in two thousand twelve. Was he? Yeah, hundred percent. Let's see. Because Martin left like 2016, 2015. or yeah, fifteen. Was he on the? Was he on the roster or was he in Bridgeport? That's the, that's the question. I think he was uh, here 2011, right? 2012? We're going to find this out. Because he wore 46 for a few games. That was his second full year. You're right, AJ. His first, his first full season with the team was 11-12. Yeah, okay. yeah. go ahead. Don't fall. All right, yeah, that makes sense. So, Matt Martin, the only lengthy team has left Hurricanes. Sezikis was also on that team. Hell yeah. Was that his first year, 12-13? He didn't play a full year. I know um, he didn't play a full he, year. He played 15 games the previous year, so. Well, yeah, no, um, he had to be on that 12-13 team because he got the uh, playoff goal against Pittsburgh. Also, 15 yeah. games was like a quarter of a year that year because they only had like a half a year. You're right. Um, 12-13 AJ buzzing right now. That was a fun we year had, for hockey, man. We had two, ga- we had two games, too. So, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of people on the Sandy team. I don't remember Lee there that year. I guess that's when he scored his yeah, that was the goal first against the Jets. Yeah. Speaking of hurricanes, um, isn't there a hurricane named Anders Lee? Or not Anders. <laughs> a hurricane <laughs> named Lee right now? <laughs> See, I was try- I had such oh, a good, uh, what's it called? It was so- going so great. I was like, Oh, you know, we're talking about hurricanes now and Hurricane Sandy. Isn't there a hurricane named Lee? And I said, fucking Anders is his name. Isn't there a hurricane named Lee right now? That rocks. No, there's, I mean, there's a hurricane coming. Yeah, Hurricane Lee is the one that's coming. That It's been all over the news. That's what made me think the Hurricane Sandy thing. But I guess yeah. there's multiple islanders hanging around. Hurricane Anders Lee coming to hit Long Island. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an Anders Lee guy. Right now, as of right now, we are Team Undersley. We like Undersley here. That's our captain. He's going to be a hurricane towards the entire NHL this year. Hopefully. That's right. Um, especially around the crease. Um, Only around yeah. the crease. 
Well, they're hopefully defensively. Like, he did have one British shot goal. I was watching his highlights. Really? What, what game? It was against, I think it was against the Devils. I don't remember that one. We'll have to, we'll have to look back at that one. Put in the Hall of Fame. My yeah, favorite thing about it's... Anders Lee is his like three or four slap shots a year attempted. Those never go unnoticed for me. I always have to laugh and text Steve about it. It's not even like he has a bad shot. He just doesn't use it. He's he's much better in the in the dirty areas. Yeah, he has a fine shot. I wouldn't, you know. I don't want to say it's underrated. I'd say it's fine. He just never uses it for obvious reasons, and that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it might you know make his career last a little longer if he decides to stay away from the dirty areas. But um, we got cups to win here. We do have cups to win. Um, so, you guys ready to go into the kind of court segment we have laid out? Yeah. All right, sounds good. So, long-time listeners of the pod might remember this one where we kind of do a roundtable court-type uh, segment for the New York Islanders. So, we have a docket of off-season topics that we've seen on the Bird app, we've seen people talk about, people interested in, and we thought we'd present them to you today. So, the way this game kind of goes is I'll put the topic out. I'll say who's going to play the role of the def- or the defender, so what side their defender, the prosecutor, who they're going to, uh, you know, the person making the case for the other party, and then the judge who's going to make the final verdict at the end of the day. Um, there's two of these that I have as a toss-up, but I have a couple topics planned for this segment. First off, uh, me and Jake are going to be in court against each other, presenting the case of Dobson versus Aho, power play one quarterback. Um, actually, it's going to be me and AJ on this one. AJ, you're going to be supporting Sebastian Aho. I'm yep. going to be supporting Noah Dobson. And Jake, you're going to be the judge. So the way this one will go is AJ will make his case. I will say my case for Dobson. AJ will be able to say a counterpoint to my case. I'll be able to say a counterpoint to AJ's case. And then Jake will make his final verdict. And AJ, you're on the clock for 45 seconds in three, two, one, go. Okay, so starting off with Sebastian Aho. He looked incredible in that playoff series on the power play for us. I definitely agree that Noah Dobson should get a look as the main guy on the power play for the quarterback for power play one. But if it's not working, we need to win games now. Sebastian Ajo could be that guy. He has a little bit, you know, he's a little bit more mature, has more confidence maybe, and he'll make that clean pass to Barzal and Nelson where Dobson might, you know, fumble fuck it a little bit. I don't think Ajo should be the guy out of camp, but I do think he should get a heavy look. And if he's playing better than Dobson, you got to give it to him, for now at least. Yep, sounds good. I mean, I think you have to, even though we both would like to see Sebi play there more, I think Dobson at least has to start the year as the PP1 quarterback. You have to at least give him another shot to re-earn his position. Um, you know, he has a wicked slap shot. He's He leads the defensive core in points, you know. he We know what Noah can do is just gain the confidence back at the end, after the end of last season. So he's going to have to, his problem is primarily on the defensive end. But, you know, we did see an uninspired power play to end last year, but we have seen him at this team's peak, the best power play. I guess not the peak, but the best power play the team's had in the past five years. Dobson was the quarterback of PP1 in the, the COVID year, 21-22. So I think you'd have to run it back with Dobson before giving the main solo. And now, AJ, back to you for 30 seconds counter-argument before Jake makes his case, or Jake judges the case. Uh, I would like to argue that he wasn't the quarterback of that power play, and that was Nick Letty. I could be wrong about that, but I remember Nick Letty had a lot of power play assists that year. So I do think that we all kind of agree that Dobson should be the guy. But if Dobson's not looking hot out of the gate, give Aho the time. I think that's kind of a fair take that we all will come to an agreement on. 
Yeah, the power play was at its finest in the COVID year, 21-22, so the year after Letty left. That really? was when we were right. No one likes to talk about it, but that was the year where Brock and Anders went really good at the end of the year. But we were out of the race by the uh, by the kind of time that rolled around. Really? Or what was our percentage that year? I thought the year, the middle year, was our we, best year. Before Jake judges and Jake, please uh, balance the cases here. But um, let me let me pull that up quick while Jake judges, and then I'll give you the statistic because we've done this on the pod before. It, it was surprisingly good that season. All right. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give this one to Ryan because I do think Dobson should be, at least to start the year, um, should be on the power play one. I think he could do more on the power play, I would say, as a power play quarterback. Dobson's ceiling is higher, and he could do more for the team than Sebastian Ajo. And, and that's nothing against Sebastian Ajo. I think he's a fine probably two quarterback. Um, you know, he could improve massively this year. I think in the preseason, um, each of those guys should play in separate games and each get, you know, kind of a sample. On that power play, but I think right now Dobbs should start because he did it last year and he did it really well a few years ago. I do remember that. I don't know if it was Letty. I think Dobson, uh, towards the end of the year, um, was in control of the power play and it, it was quite good. Um, so I would have to edge it to Dobson. But, you know, either option's pretty good with me. And, you know, I think in the preseason, you just got to see what you got, see um, give each a sample of uh, what they could bring. You were right. They were they had a 22.1. Power play percentage in 21-22. And the year before, they had, I think, 18.4, if I'm reading this correct. Yeah, I see it now. We were 11th in 21-22, but that was the year we were so far behind because of COVID that we were just chasing. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's fine. Uh, but that was the one year we've kind of had a good power play. Maybe it's Lane. We still haven't heard about coaching change. But we'll see what happens next year. But next uh, next topic on the docket, I'll let you guys call it out. Who wants to defend why the Islanders should bring in Thomas Tatar? Uh, I will. Okay, so AJ will defend why we should get Tatar. Jake will defend, um, you know, why we shouldn't get Tatar. And I will play judge. AJ, you go in three, two, one. So I cooked up uh, AJ Famous Cap Friendly, and it would make sense if we could bring him in for around two million or two and a half million on a one-year deal he put up 20 goals last year 45 points mainly even strength points too i know he wouldn't help the power play for a say but he still is a very good player put him on that third line next to uh pajot and walstrom and tatar pajot walstrom sounds really good all you'd have to do is send down coolman and just get rid of clutterbuck and ross johnson via buyout or even trade would be nicer it really isn't that complicated, and I think it could work, and he'd be a very good player here on Long Island. Yeah, I don't know if Lou's cap-friendly is the same as AJ's cap-friendly. I would say um, that right now they don't have – right now they have negative cap space. Um, they have zero dollars in cap space to even begin the season to bring in a guy like Tom Sitar, who did put up 48 points last year. He's going to command a contract that you had to clear a cap for. And two, you don't even know if he wants to come here. And three – you know, he's taking, we talked about, you know, who should be on the third line, taking spots from Simon Holmes, from Julian Gauthier. Tom Sitar even more complicates that. He's a very good player, would make the third line better. But it just, it does complicate the cap space, which, cap space, which I don't think Lou Emmer wants to do. And it might take a spot away from Simon Holmstrom. So I'm going to go with no. Uh, I don't care about Simon Holmstrom if we could bring in a guy that puts up 50 plus points, potentially. And, uh, Ross Johnson's going to be gone either way, so it's really just getting rid of Cal Clutterbuck and sending down a fringe NHLer. It's really not that complicated. And I just don't see Will Emerald doing that. Well, or else it would have been done by now. 
Well, as the judge, I mean, I, I honestly, I went into this expecting to say that we're not going to get him, but AJ's made a pretty compelling argument that we can fit him, and I, I'm looking at the captain of the year. I think we could do it, and it's definitely an upgrade if Zach retires to bring in a player like Tatar and only on a one-year deal or a two-year deal. Uh, I'm going to give this one to AJ. I think that's a good argument there. Yeah. Um, sounds good. Next up will be Simon Holmes. Or I'm trying to find one. Uh, actually, Jake and me uh, will do this one. Identity linebacker. Jake, you're going to go with no here, and you're going to get the first argument. I'm going to say yes. AJ, you're going to be the judge. Okay. So three, two, one. Jake, go off on the ID line. Yeah, if I was uh, Roy Morello, which I'm not, obviously, I would just call it off now. You can get cap space. And number two. You can bring in a more speedy, uh, better defensive third, fourth line. Uh, you can put guys like Simon Holmes there, Julian Gote there. You can move Carson Coleman over there if you really want to. But Kyle Clarterbuck just can't play every day in the NHL anymore. Uh, Matt Martin's fine as a 13th forward, but Kyle Clarterbuck playing and, you know, even being injured and hindering that and even the cap space aspect of it, the identity line cannot be here next year. Um, we're getting close to camp now. We really don't have an answer about it. But they really can't be here. I just think the Islanders are a better team with Hudson Fashion being on the right and maybe Julian Gauthier and Simon Holmes for being on the left. Uh, we saw how good Fashion and Tzizekas were together last year. And if Clutterbuck and Martin are here, we're not going to get that. And that might hurt Hudson Fashion as well. So I just think the Islanders are a better team without the identity line. I, I disagree. I think the one thing that makes the Islanders unique from every other team in the league is, you know, the having that backbone, having that identity at the bottom of the lineup. Like, I saw a tweet earlier this week that for, you know, 70% of the teams don't, like, the fourth line doesn't matter. 25% of teams invest way too much, or 75% of teams, the fourth line doesn't matter. 20% of the team, they invest too much, and the other 5% of the team is the Islanders. So, like, you know, we have a, te- we have a backbone line that we can rely on. I think you have to at least give them the chance to start the season again i'm all in favor of the id line there were games from last year against like let's say the new jersey devils where we just hit the shit out of them when the fourth line just kept pounding on guys and eventually they're going to make mistakes and a lot of the teams in the speedier league you know they're going to crumble once they get hit a couple times or they're going to slow down a little bit or be a little more hesitant to make that extra move and go to the net you know Sezikis always has spot on this team i think matt martin you can phase him out slowly and i think cal if he has an ltir this year then at least like he's probably better than julian gautier and carson coolman it's just that he's going to be bouncing for back and forth with the injuries because cal was cal was fine last year it was just the injuries that killed him so I, I still think it's overall a pretty good line even if their defensive metrics took a hit last year and you can run it out for one more year and if they stink you send them down to bridgeport no big deal both good arguments i think ryan's argument was a little bit more compelling i think jake's makes more sense obviously but um i do think ryan had some good points there. i definitely want to keep matt martin around Clutterbuck can go, but I think Ryan had the better argument for bringing them back. Thank you, thank you. I do this uh, every day in my head. Um, next up, AJ and Jake going to go for, do we want Zach Parise back? Jake is going to argue in favor of yes. AJ is going to argue in favor of no. I'm going to be the judge. AJ, you kick us off in 3, 2, 1, go. Uh, there's a, many reasons why you wouldn't want Zach Parise back. Obviously, he had a great year. We all love Zach. He is 38 years old, and he's not going to be a part of this team after this year. So if we can get an outside option like Thomas Tatar, who does have a chance of coming back next year, I would like that more. Tatar is a bit better of a player, I would say, due to his age. 
think that's fair to say. Or you give that shot to a young guy like Simon Holmstrom or Julian Gauthier, who could really be a key, I don't want to say a key factor, but a piece for this franchise for three to four years to come if they really do work out in that spot. Losing Zach would suck, obviously, but... You know, at some time, sometimes you do have to call it a quit, and he's had a great career. But the Islanders do need to somewhat focus on the next two to three years rather than just this one year with Zach Parise. This is what I do know. I don't think Lumeros ever lied to the media. He said it's up to Zach Parise if he wants to be back or not. If he wants to come back, there will be a spot on this team for him. They're not going to just say no to Zach Parise. It's not going to be a lot of money. I know he had a better year, obviously, than the year before, but. I don't think Zach Parise is going to cost you a lot of money where like we talked about with Tatar is going to make $2 million. I think Zach will make a similar contract. The locker room loves Zach. He's a great leader. He scored 21 goals last year. I think he was on the third line. He will produce that again. And 21 goals on the Islanders, you know, maybe more, maybe a little less. That's still huge for us. And, you know, you love what he brings on the ice every game. And I think the Islanders still need that. So if Zach Parise is open to coming back to the New York Islanders, I think you have to do it if you're Willem Morrell. Yeah, I, I mean, both of you made compelling points there. Is Zach's spot better off next year? Or do we have to account for that regression? I'm going to go with Jake here that, you know, obviously you want to have Parise back, but AJ does make the point that in the long run, it might be better off to move away from Zach here. Um, next up for the segment, um, you know, Simon Holmstrom, NHL or AHL. Uh, I'll argue that he should make the NHL roster. AJ will argue the AHL roster. Jake will judge it. So three, two, one. So Simon, you know, I thought he impressed a lot in year one. His underlying metrics were very good. He looks like a kid that's, you know, going the right path. In one year in the NHL, he's already caught up to some guys who are in year two or three that are highly talented prospects. Um, he's kind of going into the mold of like an Artari Lekkanen, a Kako Kako. And the argument here would be whether you want to send him down to the AHL and have him be on the top line versus have him contend for an NHL spot. I think, I honestly think Simon's ceiling is going to be you know, third line, maybe fourth line. I think that you're just kind of wasting time sending him down. I think he's better off just getting NHL reps. And I do think, like as Jake talks about a little earlier with the identity line, a fashing Sezikis Holmstrom line, that's as good as it's going to get for Simon. And he could, like, learn from those guys and play up in the lineup as needed. Last year, he got really hindered by being a first liner, even in his first year in the NHL. He's not going to be a first liner, but being able to fill him in on a second or third line or a fourth line feels a lot more his game at this point than saying down to an NHL top line. But um, I'll kick it over to AJ to kind of counter that. We all know how much I love Simon home from here, but he only put up nine points in 50 games last year. Yes, he's very young. Yes, he's only 22 years old. Why not give him the chance to fully develop alongside the next coming generation in Matt Maggio and William Dufour? Don't rush his development here when we don't need to. You could just use Julian Gauthier. You could just use Oliver Wallstrom. Who, who, you know, was out while Simon Holmstrom got a majority of his games. You could even bring in Thomas Tatar, who put up 50 points last year, 48 points last year, more than Simon Holmstrom's nine. There's a lot of better options right now to make this team as good as possible, even bringing back Zach Parisi. I love Simon, but there's no need to rush his development. I would love to see him play, and if he does, I will root for him every second, but it makes sense to let him start out in the AHL. Get, maybe get a little bit more offensive touch and finesse, you could say, and let him really cook down there and then come up here as a world beater rather than a guy just playing great defense and trying hard that we love. Yeah, I mean, just to counter that quick, like, 
Lambert trusted him, you know, towards the end of the season over Josh Bailey, and it was going to take a lot to get Josh Bailey out of the lineup. So, you know, I think that Lambert has that trust where someone's going to have to play Simon off the roster. And we're probably in a good spot if someone plays him off the roster because I, I do think he's pretty reliable at this point of his career, even if he isn't, you know, getting the points that he should probably be getting. But, you know, I think, I don't know, I think he's reliable. I think his underlying metrics are going to pan out eventually i think you're just kind of kicking the can down the road but i, I do appreciate that point about like raising it with the next gen like you just said aj but uh jake i'll kick it over to you wait no i want to counter i want to counter yeah. to yeah. counter your counter uh liam lambert also put Kiefer bells in day one over oliver wallstrom and he also put robin sallow in over Sebastian Ajo. so wallstrom is yeah, hard no. to be fair yeah, that was those were kind of the moves. And Kiefer Bell right hurt everyone. We would have made the same moves besides the Wally one. We would have had Aho over Salo, I think. Yeah. Or Salo. Oh, I mean, we would have, but also Aho has more NHL experience. To be fair to him. Yeah. No. So I mean, it was weird. Yeah. No. It's, it's a good point. Lane's word isn't bible, but like it was always going to take a lot to get Josh out of the lineup, and it was most nights Holmstrom taking him out of there. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to agree with AJ. I think his argument was more compelling. Um, and I don't think it's a negative thing that Simon Holmstrom's going to be in the AHL. He's only 22. He's going to be 22 until May. Uh, with the NHL, he's not going to see much power play time, and he's not on the top penalty kill, I don't believe, unless, you know, Lane changes that. Uh, in the AHL, he will absolutely be on one of their power plays, and he will be on the top penalty kill. He will get top line minutes, either with Matt Maggio or a certain player we brought back. We'll get into that. Um so I don't think it's a negative thing if he's um, sent down. I'm not volunteering him to be sent down. Obviously, we know what he brings, and that it's a good thing if he's on the roster. But him getting sent down isn't a bad thing at all, and it will just continue his development under a new coach as well. It's not even Brent Thompson anymore. It's for Kowalski. So I don't think it's a negative thing at all. So I'm going to give this one to AJ. Now I will never talk about a, again about Simon Holmstrom now that that is over. Yep, sounds good. I mean, yeah, I could see it either way. I'm not too passionate about what roster he makes, but I, I feel like NHL's probably the spot. But then here's the last argument of the night. Um, Julian Godier. You guys can pick this one. Jake or AJ, whoever feels more passionate about. Who wants to argue Julian Godier is a top six, middle, you know, middle six option here? You, you don't want to argue this one, Ryan? No, I don't really want to <laughs> argue this one. I'm going to go with no. You guys want me to argue everything. Jesus. Um. All right. I'll say that he... I'll say that he should be. Screw it. All right. Um. I'll take the or I'll I'll give you a second to collect your thoughts. So I'm ready. Um. I'll I'll argue this one in favor of not in three, two, one. I don't think Julian Godier is a top six option. I think you know a lot of people. If you had watched him with the Rangers, you knew that he's a bottom sixer on a skilled team. Um, You know he wasn't holding anyone back on that team, and you know they have a lot of bad players over there too. But and he got outplayed from lineup by coaches' favorites and stuff. And I do think there's a legitimate shot for him to become something in the NHL. I just I don't know what line on the Islanders would be best for him. I I don't see a good fit on the second line, the perfection line, the P's line. I don't really see a great fit next to Barzal and Horvat, um, even though that would probably be the best. I don't think he has a good fit on the identity line with Zekas or if you want to put fashion there. So it has to be the third line. So that kind of, you know, a lot of guys can play on that third line. I think there's better options than Julian Godier. And I think just the familiarity uh, with him is what's leading a lot of people to think he should be a first choice for that third line or a choice for the top six. So I'm not high on Godier going into the season. 
you might not be, but the NHL account is. They tweeted out a highlight of Julian Gontier scoring a world-beater goal against uh, Scott Wedgwood coming 50 yards out of his crease the other day. So they're very high on him, so I'd watch, I'd watch yourself here, Ryan. I don't think he should be in our top six, but I also don't hate the debate that, you know, he could be. If you put him next to Barzal and Horvat, it's just like he's going to pass him the puck and good things will happen. He doesn't need, really need to do that much. Just skate fast like he can do and just help them get into good opportunities. He doesn't need to be... He could literally... It would literally be the Walmart dollar store version of McDavid and Drysaddle. Just get them the puck, let them do all the work, and just be fast and, you know, forecheck, do the right things. You don't have to be a 50-goal getter. Just get the puck for the, these two really good hockey players and help us win. I think he fits better on that line than any other line, like you said. I don't think he fits well in the fourth line. He's not breaking up that second line. That third line would be interesting, I guess, if you do Gauthier, um, Pajot, Walsh. But I think on that first line, he could match Barzal's speed. He's able, you know, he's decent with the puck. He's just not great in front of the net or great with scoring. But if he could use his speed properly, I think that could really help the Islanders. Yeah, I don't really have a counter-argument. I mean, his speed's intriguing. He can score on a breakaway, but I, I don't really... I don't know if that high-end skill is really there with Godier, and I think a lot of people are reflecting what they think is going to happen on him, but who knows? Jake, who, who won this argument? I think this is for the title belt of the night. AJ tried his best, but you, you just cannot convince me that Juan Gauthier is a top-six player, and uh, could he be eventually? Maybe, but I, I just see him as kind of a third, fourth liner that uses his speed to his advantage. He significantly needs to work on his shooting to kind of even enter that conversation. Um, speed is good, but um, you got to use it to your advantage. I just I don't believe he's a top six player just yet, so I'm gonna give this one to Ryan. He's gonna score one goal in preseason. And you're gonna like be all over his meat no, like well, you were Nikita Sashnikov. Of course I am. Of course. Yeah, you know how this works. We, we <laughs> yeah, watch you, know, you know how the game works. Like, well, right, we haven't even tried to argue that he's a top six player. It's just cruel. No, he's going to be the first liner. Uh, yeah. I moved the goalpost to top nine, to be fair. Well, yeah, but that also doesn't really help because <laughs> the second line is already spotted out. It's fine. Yeah, I really don't know what he's going to be. I, I've saw I've seen really good Godier performances. I've seen really bad ones. Um and my heart is saying, you know, depth forward Bridgeport at the moment, but I don't know about everyday starter, man. He certainly is a human being that wears ice skates for a living. Whatever happens, it will indeed be real Botay hours. Indeed. Yeah. That much is true. I'm looking, I think, you know, before we transition into, I think, our last Islander segment of the night, um... Yeah, so we signed a contract this week. We're at 44 contracts of the New York Islanders. Um, you know, six six left if they want to bring in Tatar and uh, bring in, you know, um, Zach Parise. They're also over the cap, so they have to figure that out in some way. But the New York Islanders brought back, or the Bridgeport Islanders, should I say, brought back Tanner Fritz this week. Uh, Jake, what's your favorite Tanner Fritz memory? Um, I don't want to steal AJ's because I know what he's going to say. So if he wants to... Say it. Say it. Uh, when the NHL tweeted, remember the name when he scored a goal. Yeah, this is why we can't take this golf to stock seriously, because they tweeted, remember the name Tanner Fritz. Um, but yeah, I mean, good AHL player. This is the Terry Andreau replacement, where he's just going to put up a ton of points and help the youngsters out. I'm very happy about it. Islander legend. He's back. Scored 43 points last year. 
he was a trader, but now he's back. Um, I'm very excited about it. And it's a Bridgeport contract. He will not play a game for the big club, but he's going to put up a lot of points and help Maggio out uh, in the AHL. The do for Maggio Fritz line is going to hit different. Yeah, I think he's a dirty trader to go from Bridgeport to Hartford, a line that you're never supposed to cross, as everyone who follows the HL knows. But, you know, he was an Islander for a little bit. I remember him with the main team. And then he went over to the Rangers on, I think, like a four-year AHL deal or something weird. And then, yeah, it was just kind of weird from there. And he never made up to the main team again. And um, I doubt we see Tanner Fritz in the NHL this year. But stranger things have happened. So who knows? I, I really... I probably still have. I might have him over Otto in my depth chart, but um, not too concerned with all the centers on the main. Well, I definitely have him over Otto in my depth chart. Um, I know Phil tweets out all the depth chart. I don't know where, like, who's where uh, in the AHL. I just hope everyone has fun. That's that's really great from our AHL correspondent, by the way. That that everyone should just have fun. Yeah, yeah, but, I know, I know. <laughs> no, honestly, like uh, looking at you know Tanner Fritz down there, he's he's not gonna really make the roster, and we already have like five centers on the NHL roster and six if you count Pierre. So I I don't think we have to really. Well, we can anyway. Just on the AHL contract. Well, we could call oh, him up. AHL contract. You can. I think so. They couldn't. They couldn't call Terry up when. I think if it's an AHL standard contract, I don't know. And also, I forgot about Kuhlman. Kuhlman's probably the top center in Bridgeport, unless he makes a team, obviously. Right now, it's Kuhlman, Fritz, Otto, Brian Pinho, Jeff Kubiak. Wow. Uh, um, rookie camp. I didn't know it started Sunday. Someone told me it started Sunday. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm going to look. Yeah, I mean, I saw it starts, you know, um, Sunday. I'm going to assume it does. I, I think that's when all the teams start their rookie camps. Um, it's got to be starting soon. Um, we could do like a roster reaction eventually. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's nothing really to, to go on here, but we'll, we'll see. No, but rookie camp will kick off in a little bit. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. Hopefully the rookies all have fun and uh, they'll have that scrimmage that no one watches and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't do the scrimmage. I, I would actually, I, I know, I know they used to do the, like the huge scrimmage that with Prelu everyone went to and now, you know. Well, that's the blue and orange game, the, the famous. Yeah, but they, they the haven't done it in a while. No, they do it every year. It's just I think it's behind closed doors. I see. Yeah, gross. now it's but yeah. I remember you, people used to go and you can meet the players. I think Steve met Dobson one time. Yeah, you can. You were able to. Yeah, oh, they are. Okay. I think season ticket holders can go definitely. No, I will be there no matter what. But I don't think yeah. they have it open to the public anymore. I, even season ticket holders. That was three I know three years years ago. that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They had it. I think it was 2018, 19 after that year. Yeah, it had to be because that's when I was just friends with yeah, Steve. That yeah, after that, that year, one. they had Dobson there, and I literally just missed out on meeting him because I was at work. Bummer. Yep. No, uh. What, what, uh, beat writer are you most excited to return to Long Island in the next week? None of them. Uh, I guess gross. 
no, no, absolutely no, that's gross. me. That's, that's yeah, me. Definitely gross. Uh, Rosner's um, done a good job. I know it's kind of tough in the summer. He's do, he's been trying his best to uh, you know keep us Islander Islander pilled. I appreciate his work. Stan's done good this summer, of course. So shout out to them with uh, what is it? The, the hockey news. Hockey news, yeah. I wonder what Lou's gonna do when he sees Ethan Sears. I, I, it's gonna be an insane stare down. Uh, I guess definitely excited for Gross. Kurz was getting into it with some Penguin fans. Apparently, I didn't read the Athletics article, <laughs> but he tweeted Curse out that Penguin better. fans were very upset with him, and they were calling him. He's, he's like, my name doesn't have a T in it or something, which was pretty funny. But hey, he's arguing with the Penguins fans, so good on Kurz. Redemption arc. Redemption yeah, arc. I mean, he, he seems to finally get the, the kind of cult of personality Islanders fans have, and he seems like the one person not crazy at that publication um, that doesn't think the Penguins are, you know, the greatest team of all time. So, I know, um, I like know, that shout out Curtis. It's getting a little better. <laughs> it might be the Philadelphia in him, though, to be fair, but good. I, that's what we want to see more out of Curtis. Even if it's not directly standing up for the Islanders, I want to see him with more bold opinions, which I guess, to be fair, to credit him, he has had some bolder opinions. We just disagreed on them. Yeah, no, they are were bold, but like you know, if, if you're gonna be an Islanders writer, you have to kind of understand the fan base, and maybe in year three he's understanding it. Maybe I, I don't know, you know, maybe maybe found a nice uh, concert, you know, venue on Long Island and wants to defend it a little bit more, like uh, the we... Huntington, but. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what Curtis is doing here. Um, Brian Compton getting his McRib. Yeah, we, uh, we got breaking news. Uh, Jake Sanderson has signed an eight-year, eight point oh five million dollar extension with the Senators. That's not true. There's no way that's true. That is crazy. There's <laughs> no right. way they gave him eight million dollars. He's done nothing. That's not true. That you, you got, you got trolled. Yo, no way. <laughs> There's no way they're doing that and not. There's no way. There's no way. There's no they, they way. Just yeah. They just tweeted it out, so I think it's pretty. Why? True. Well, I don't know. I'm not the senators. This. Oh my god. They, they now need. They, they now need. To, they now need to trade Shane Pinto into the island. Pinto's gone. Are they gonna have to? Yeah, yeah. Not, not even as a Wait, joke. how are they fitting that contract yeah. in? Not even as a joke. They He's an RF. He was an RFA, right? Um, uh, I don't know. Let me look at the center of these contracts. Does it not kick in yet? It probably oh, it doesn't. Next, that's how NHL contracts. There's, there's still I thought he was an RFA now, free. though. Let Oof, me see. Let me a, see. Let me see. That is a contract. Uh, that's weird because it says 2023. I guess, yeah, I guess he has one year left at his ELC, so fine. Yeah. That's a terrible contract, though. They got to pay Chicken in two years. If Darlene makes two million more than him, that's hilarious. I think Sanderson's gonna be a very good player. Don't get me wrong, but why not just do like five by five? Eight million is crazy. What the hell? I believe in the upside. I do, but he's not worth eight million dollars. Okay, so this has to be the worst upside contract now signed in the league, correct? He's getting the same as Bill Horvat. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bob Horvat got clowned for, for far worse. Uh, harassment. Holy moly. <laughs> Holy moly. Okay, so they're decor <laughs> now. So this makes no sense. They have to get rid of They have to get rid of someone then eventually. I'm. They are, don't get me wrong, the cap's going to go up more likely than not, and that's what they're praying for. Their decor looks good with Shabbat, Chikrin, Zub, Sanderson, uh, I guess Hamnick and Branstrom. 
That's a pretty solid decoy, don't get me wrong, but like, that's so much money. Not my money. Yeah, I mean, the super scary Ottawa Senators, man. Um. Hey, 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 you respect them now. Less now. That, maybe, not, maybe not anymore. That's fair. <laughs> that is definitely, definitely fair. Someone yeah. just said it was underpaid. Okay. Noah's underpaid now. <laughs> oh, oh I wouldn't go that far. No, Romanov's underpaid. We can say that. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, he had 32 points in his NHL career. Noah had 50 at least once and took $4 million. You don't think Romanov's underpaid? Oh, Romanov's underpaid. Yeah, no, yeah, Romanov's Romanov like a steal. That's what, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Noah, I think this is, like, not even bad. Like This Noah's is really bad for Noah, bad. actually. And for the New York uh, Islanders. Uh, when does yeah. Dobbs' contract end? Next Two year? Two years. Two years? That's not good for us. If this guy's getting $8 million already, Dobbs is going to try to get $8 million then in two years, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The cap's going to go up, but also we don't really want him making that much more money. He's played one season, too. I, like... He's played one full season. He got 30 points in fair play, but it is one season in, he's getting eight million. That's crazy. He's a good well, player, but like, glad I brought this. There up. was no need to do this. Ten team no trade clause in the final three years. What if they trade him right away? Well, they can't. Why? Well, I mean, gonna ask for like 12 or 13 now. <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, good for, I, good for, for, good for him. Defensemen are expensive. <laughs> Defensemen cost a lot of money. We are scared when Noah, Noah's up now. Holy crap! Sabers are done. Pagula's back. They're done for. Dobson's gonna ask Drake at least eight and a half now in two years. Yeah, he's just gonna ask for some golf clubs. <laughs> and he'll ask for his phone on the bench. <laughs> God, Dobson, if he asks for a penny over eight million. Why I oughta. <laughs> no, but we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But oh my god, they and they, I, oh, I have no idea what's going to happen now because we were looking at their cap friendly this morning because there was reports that uh, the Pinto negotiations aren't going too well. And we are just texting our group that, like, yeah, no, they're kind of screwed against the cap, but there's a couple scenarios where maybe they trade like Matthew Joseph out of there. Uh, maybe Batherson goes on the restricted list for a year or gets like a compliance buyout for those guys. They're betting on the cap jumping a lot here if they're going to think they can retain Pinto without making like a big, big move at this point. Yeah, they're going to be on their hands and he's begging Pinto to take like 1.9 for a year and then they'll pay him kind of like Kevin LeBanc, I guess. Not he's even that. Leader, it's, it's going to be like, because the Sanderson kicks in in a year, so. Uh, Well, they got to figure um, something. Well, Tarasenko, no, to be fair, a lot of that money is going to come for the Tarasenko deal. He's not coming back after next year. That's co- confirmed now, basically. That still doesn't excuse giving me $8 million. I know, I'm just saying, that money they don't got to worry about as much with the yeah. cap going up and Tarasenko's money coming out. Not true. They're also expecting um, a guy like Ridley uh, Ridley Riley, I forget his first name, but Greek to step up and be a top six guy, or one of their other prospects to really step up and become a top six guy, alongside Norris, uh, Stutzel, Giroux, and that whole gang. We'll see what happens with Batherson. Uh, no comment for now, but... Yeah, I mean they don't have a they don't have a lot of contract like Stutzel's extended, Brady's extended. Oh, Brady obviously expires I, soon. How can I forget Brady Kachuk? Um, 
Zub is extended for a while. Um, so they're pretty much good. They need Chikrin, I guess. Yeah, Chikrin. Well, Chikrin's got um, two years left. This year, then next year, yeah. That's still uh, going to be a massive. He's he should be getting ten then if Sanderson's getting eight. Yeah, this is this is crazy. They only have one goalie on their NHL roster right now. That is insane. They probably got something planned, right? Well, they're probably going to trade Joseph and then. Give yeah, well, who's going to who's going to want him though? He's he's not a bad player. They're paying Bobby bad. Ryan two million dollars this year if that helps. Oh, God. <laughs> From a contract that was signed when I was in high school. Hockey is back. We are, so, we are so we are so back. They're paying Matt Murray one point five million dollars. <laughs> Anton Forsberg, I guess, is their backup option, making three million dollars. But I haven't seen that guy in years. Wait, he's making uh, three million dollars, Anton Forsberg. Two point seven five. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Oh boy, this team is uh, what an interesting team this Ottawa Senators group is going to be. Million. Oh my. Wow. Poor Claude Giroux. I mean, he thought he was going to... Uh, maybe they'll do something this year. I don't know. I'm not... I was high on them, but, like, this morning. But now they're like, I have no clue what they're going to have to do to... Maybe, maybe they just decide it's next summer's problem, but still very silly. He, he could also just go off this year and get 90 points, and we'll, be, we'll look like the idiots, but... If he gets 90 points, I will donate $1,000. Uh, here, here we go with the promises. How much? $1,000. You should bet eight million. For the oh, I'm not gonna bet money I don't have. I could, if he gets ninety points, I could live with a thousand dollars for being wrong. Yeah, Mike just tweeted Dobson will probably get near this. He's right. Yep. <laughs> Dobson's Dobson's agent's laughing and smiling right now. Who is Dobson's agent? Um, Tanner Fritz. That's his agent. When I look up Noah Dobson, the first thing that comes up is girlfriend. <laughs> of course. The phone. Um, the phone. <laughs> uh, agent. Um, so he doesn't want to mention why he just randomly said 10. Andrew, Andrew Maloney. Um, that Andrew Maloney's going to make a lot of money in two years. Him, you know who else um, is a client of Andrew Maloney? Julian Gauthier. Yeah. Matt Mancia. Ah. Uh, a lot of, uh, the only, there's only one NHLer on this list, and it's Noah Dobson. Uh, David Reinbacher obviously just got drafted. Matt Mangio, that's it. Liam O'Brien, too. Uh, yeah. Well, that's an NHLer. Yeah, kind of forgot about that. Pat Brisson is his agent. So the Tavares, McKinnon, uh, Kopitar. Yeah, he's the big guy. He has all the big What do you games. mean Pat Brisson's his agent? No, Pepper's on Sanders. Oh, Sanders. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Presenting. Um, Mill Stein's oh, the best agent. Still a UFA. Yeah, Mill Stein's the best agent. Do I start the narrative or PTO? Question mark. Right. He he knows the. I mean, he knows this PTO team. season too. Guess he's not coming back. That was a really good move for the Boston Bruins. I'm not gonna lie. Denton Heinen. Heinen. He's a good player. It's not yeah. gonna save them from that. Awful no. lineup, but it's it's a step in the right direction. I don't think they're gonna be as bad as people are saying though. So I know the lineup looks bad right now. I'm not saying JVR is gonna put up like 65 points. I just think they'll find a way and they'll find somebody to help out a little bit. You're not replacing Krejci or Bergeron. Don't get me wrong, 
but maybe one of these AHL kids really step up. They have that guy who scored 30 goals last year down there. It's the, it's not going to be the same, but maybe they find a way to shithouse it. And I still think they're going to trade Olmark. They, they did say they did finally get a fair offer, offer for him, but they haven't accepted it yet. So if they get a center for Olmark, the team looks a lot better, and I still trust Swayman to be a very good number one in this league. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. I saw Mark ESPN predict him to be better than Sorokin against this year. Um, Terrible. No, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm How much cap do they have? The Bruins? No, they're over with overages, or at least they're close. Which is crazy. How? Yeah, I mean... Uh, right now they have 400000 Yeah, Oof. so they don't even have enough room to sign the guy from the PTO at the moment. Morgan Frost got a contract. That was case on. Yeah, I saw Morgan Frost was close. Zegris is the last big name kind of hanging. He's going to cry his way to the Rangers. Watch. <laughs> oh, my God. Watch Frenier yeah, goes to Anaheim. I'd take a pinto bean on Long Island. That'd be nice. I would take, take a lot of pinto beans on Long Island. Yeah, we'll, we'll take our pinto and we'll, uh, we'll, if you like your pinto, you can keep it. So it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, but I think that's pretty much it for league talk. I don't think there's anything else really going on. Probably, you know, after this pod will drop. At least we got the Sanderson News mid-pod. That kind of broke my mind. That was clutch. You know, if Lou does anything this week related to Zach or, um, you know, related to Tomas Tachar, maybe expect an emergency episode. But I think uh, I think it's going to be pretty chill vibes until the weekend. I think this was a nice chill episode. So thank you for making it to the end here if you got here. If we do a Thomas Tatar emergency episode, I don't know whether to be excited or to cry at the fact that it would be an emergency episode for Thomas Tatar in the year 2023. I'm I'm one of them. I want it. But going from a Bo Horvat trade emergency episode to Thomas Tatar signing in September, I would laugh my ass off, man. I'm down with it. We did a Hudson Fashing emergency contract extension episode and, uh, you know, we, we've done it before. We'll do it again. <laughs> I, did was you, that really Mark, an emergency pod, though? I think um, I did you see that ESPN projected Brock Nelson to get 48 points and Lee to get 30? Really? Yep. No, they... <laughs> it's, uh, I believe, Everyday Isles post there. Like, um, they had Horvat at 75. No, Horvat at 70. Barzell at 64. Brock for 49. Dobson for 43. Lee for 30. Uh, Pajot for 27, Pellet for 24, uh, Mayfield for 19, Romano for 18. That'd be great for, like, the first half of the year for most of those guys. Yeah. That'd be cool. Brock, might get, Brock might get 40 goals on 40 points. That's brutal. Uh, yeah, ESPN. Fantasy hockey. This is all fantasy hockey, a thing that I very much hate, and I will go on the record that I do not like fantasy hockey because they say stupid stuff like this. Brian will not be joining our league. No. Absolutely. <laughs> we had to have the Survivor League, by the way. Yeah. I think we'll end uh, it there. Yeah, I'll end it there. Um, if you want, guys want to follow us on Twitter, AJ's on Twitter, at Hockey, Jake's on Twitter, at PrimeJakey. I'm on Twitter, at Ramarn. 
Um, you can follow the pod on Twitter at Skates and Stakes. Uh, you can find all of our other social media there, Instagram, stuff like that. Make sure to subscribe, give the pod five stars if you get there. Uh, really appreciate you guys hanging around for our summer episode or the last one before the season starts to kick off. But um, let's go, Islanders. Any final words here, guys? Go, Durs.